get ready for awesomeness as we have Facebook Radio tonight. Yeah, I was going to say, who are we and what are we doing here? A dramatic pause. Dramatic pause. Because the Viking is here and she has come to pillage the nerddom. Sorry, uh, forgive me while I unclutch my pearls at the <laughs> presence of this, this mighty warrior lady in front of me. My name is Randall Aubrey. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Facebook Radio, the nerdy fireside chat that is our program here at Complex Media. And as always, I'm fucking Harrison. It's an emergency. Why don't you talk about this one? Well, there's been this rumor floating around this recently. This ridiculously huge rumor that I hope Rid- is not true. Yeah, ridiculously huge rumor floating around that 
Supreme Leader Snoke and the Force Awakens might actually be the character Darth Plagueis from the prequels. It it seems pretty ludicrous, especially given the evidence that they're using as the basis of their claim. Which yeah, is, it's like it's spotty at best. It's spotty at best, but it's it's not nothing. Like I list, I, I I checked it out, and basically what they're using as the as the basis for this theory is the fact that Supreme Leader Snoke's theme, musical theme in The Force Awakens, is almost exactly the same as Darth Plagueis's theme from the prequels. And I listened to both of them, and they really are almost identical, save one note. There's one extra note in Snoke's theme that when you put them both together and you play them at the same time, comes up like, a I think, maybe a quarter beat before another note. And so that's a pretty, that's a pretty uncanny thing. It's hard to believe that that is on accident, but I don't think it's thematic for the reasons that people are trying to grasp on. It is the same composer. Perhaps he found something complimentary or something that he really liked. John Williams is a master, and that would be him plagiarizing his own work, so uh, who Mm -hmm. cares? Right. Well, it's not like musical themes don't play an important component in the Star Wars movies, but I I think people are probably putting too much significance on this. I agree. I agree, and I, I am... You know, if 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 Kathleen Kennedy knows what's good for her, she'll she'll not make um she'll not make Snoke anybody that we've met before. Well, there's no good reason for it. There is no good reason for it. That's like that's the the real thing at the end of the day. I read another there was a, a counterpoint article that I read that uh basically that's what they summed it up with like what would be the point of taking this character of whom is a is a not even really a function of the of the prequels at all except to be an anecdote. Yeah. Right. Why would you take him and make him into a fully realized character here? What would be the purpose of bringing him back? There's nothing really to anchor him anywhere else in the story because he doesn't really he doesn't really matter. On top of that, uh I don't know if you guys heard about what happened at the recent Comic-Con panel, but J.J. Uh, Abrams pretty much denied it, especially after Larry Kasdan was like, "Who's Darth Plagueis?" <laughs> he didn't even he didn't even necessarily know who the guy was. That could be bullshit, but which could be clever misdirection. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like J.J. denied it at that point, and then Andy Serkis, who's playing Snoke himself, went on and also denied it. And then there was another thing that came out saying that uh, in the final production stages of the movie, uh, Snoke was one of the last characters who was, who was actually finalized. To yeah. make the film, yeah, um, alongside Maz Kanata, uh, they got them together basically about ten weeks before the movie was released. They were still going over what to make these characters, and Snoke was even being touted as being made into a female character at one point. Yeah, so this is a whole cloth creation for well, I don't know the about, new movies. At least it seems that way. I don't know about all that because um, in the uh, in the DVD release, they they do a section on Andy Serkis and uh, um, Lupita Nyong who plays Maz. And they're talking about the whole mocap thing. And they had this really elaborate set constructed where they had um, Adam Driver and um, Domhnall Gleeson, who plays Kylo Ren and the stupid Imperial commander who I hate. Um, and they're they're on this pedestal. And then literally like three stories above them is Andy Serkis in the mocap. Like on this perch, on this outcropping above them, like they tried to get as realistic as possible. So they're like looking up, up, up. Oh yeah, there's Andy right there doing his whole thing. And like, they had him booming in on speakers and like that. So wow. if, if they, yeah, no, it's pretty, pretty impressive. And then, uh, and then poor uh, Lupita, she literally was like on her knees. She like, scooting around be. the whole time. And she's a tall one too. I don't know if yeah, you've yeah, seen. She's, she's like five, seven, like, five, eight. Yeah. Something like she's that. She's not tall, but I mean, for a woman, she's, you know, of average height. Mm-hmm. So. There's a great picture in this article, the debunk article about the Snoke theory of uh, of Andy Serkis sitting in the mocap uh, station, and it's a frontal shot of him. And I don't know who, I'm not sure where this photo came from because it's great because he's totally making like a really serious face, obviously in character. And then the way the lights are on him, you can see all the little mocap dots yeah, yeah. all over his face, and he's wearing the suit. And he's just sitting there looking really grim, surrounded by cameras. And when I see this picture, I'm like, that's not Andy Serkis. That's Supreme Leader Snoke I'm looking yeah. at. <laughs> Fully in yeah. character, and it's 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 pretty creepy. Well, I mean, this is the man that pioneered mocap. Yeah. You he's know, the best. For, for anybody who 
that hasn't been paying attention, he was Gollum in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. This is like the first movie that anybody really conceived of making a digital reproduction of somebody's facial features and incorporating into the character to make a, a, a real live transition of the actor playing this using their voice, their facial features and inflections, and then reproducing it and creating a character out of it. And I mean, it's uh, again in the in the uh, in the video uh, or in the in the DVD, uh, the Star Wars DVD. He's actually coaching Lupita, you know, through a lot of different things on all of the Planet of the Apes movies. All the other actors who came in to do mocap, he was the guy to talk to when it came to what to do. Yeah. So I mean, he is he is the man. He pioneered this. And I mean, Andy Serkis was an actor of note before he got into this, but now this is his hallmark. This. Yeah. This is this is his calling. This card. is his bread and butter at yeah. this point. It's doing these characters, and what's great too with that is that gives him an it gives him an incredible degree of versatility yes. in terms of characters that he can play because he just all he has to do is make voices and do and 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 do you know characterize motions and they can just project whatever they want onto him and he can literally be anybody and he's really good at doing that. He's expressed incredible versatility. Obviously, like. Snoke is a completely different character well, from and Gollum. I'll, I'll uh, disagree with you in something there. Um, outwardly, the character is very different. Um, but listening to Snoke talk, I totally hold for, for Gollum. <laughs> so, hey, the, 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 what was it? The, the scavenger resisted you? And I'm like, all I could hear was, my precious. <laughs> and, and, like, yeah, and mind you, I watched the movie 17 times in the theater. So I definitely had enough time to go, mm, yeah, that's definitely Andy Serkis. I hear me some Gollum, but notwithstanding. Yeah, and the character design of Snoke really kind of reminded me of Gollum, too. Yeah. I mean, I know they're using Andy Serkis's face and there's similarities there, but they they actually really made him kind of look like Gollum. If he had been slightly more bug-eyed. The Force Awakens. Yeah, I mean. Snoke could be like a little more like. Toady looking. They should have done a little bit more stressed. scarification on the face or something. I don't know, but, well, but they did make him look pretty fucked up. They yeah, did, he's got but some damage. That's one of the other things going back to the Plagueis theory that people mm -hmm. are are using is that he looks very much like this. He looks very similar to the race that Darth Plagueis is supposed to be. There's some kind of there was a story, a book that was written that's uh, about Darth Plagueis and his backstory that's since been scrapped from the from the current canon. Oh, right. But they yeah. bastardized a couple of parts of it to write some new stuff about him canonically. Well, of course and they did. that's lending a lot of credence to the theory as well, uh, especially with him having some, uh, some damage on his face. He's obviously taken some kind of beating or something that's gone yeah. on there. And it looks very similar to what Darth Plagueis is described in as looking in the in this book and in the book previously really? and so there's that's the thing when wow. people it started with the music thing and then people started doing some digging and they were and saw that there is a lot of surface level similarities to to the two characters but once you once you start looking past all that there's just there's nothing really compelling to link the two characters together i can only imagine a troop of nerds in some poor woman's basement just like debating this whole thing. Well, this is why Snoke <laughs> is Plagueis. Well, this is why Snoke is not Plagueis. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants cheese whiz? As mom comes downstairs. It's probably already happened. It's <laughs> mom happening right now. <laughs> mom, not in the middle of a meeting. <laughs> yes, I'll have some lemonade. I tell Kathy from upstairs, <laughs> or upstairs, the upstairs neighbor from the studio. Reminds me of that uh, World of Warcraft episode they did on South Park where Cartman's mom comes down with a bucket so he could take a shit in it because he doesn't want to leave his seat. <laughs> uh. Uh, oh, man, I definitely have not followed the whole South Park thing. So that I episode may, is, that's one I of, the, one of the best ones that they did. They teamed <laughs> up with Blizzard and actually made... Wow, characters out of the the South the Park four guys. kids yeah. and had them in the world, and it's fully like <laughs> in-game engine that they animated it, and to get them going back and forth like they're playing the game, and it's really hysterical. okay. Oh, okay, really good. I'll, I'll find that episode. Really, really good. Damn it! I'm sure that are there are some people. Uh, I would think most, if not all, of our listeners who live here in the Greater Bay Area have have passed a certain home on their way north on the 280, headed towards San Francisco. 
this fun little looking adobe place that looks like a home right out of the parched sand bleached deserts of Tatooine. Yeah, you know what house I'm talking about. It's the one on, uh, on the hill right next to the 280 in Hillsborough. Well, apparently, it's up for sale. Yeah, for the low, low price of $3.78 million. <laughs> Aunt Peru and Uncle Owen's vacation home can, in fact, be yours. Million dollars. <laughs> so, again, the this house, it does literally... It's these these kind of off shades of, of purple and red with a bit of cream in there and this dusty hillside. I, I I've always been enchanted by this this little adobe it's not even adobe. I can't it's this house out of the fucking Flintstones right here. <laughs> exactly. I, I was just about to bring that up, but I didn't want to interrupt you. Oh, but yeah. when I was a kid, this place was painted white. And it looked like the Flintstones house. So whenever we would go on a road trip to San Francisco for a ball game or whatever, we would always go, oh, hey, look, it's the Flintstones house. And that's how all the kids knew it back in the 80s, back in the day. Well, you wouldn't know it to to look at it from the outside, but the interior is pretty modern. It's gorgeous. It's, it's, It's really cool looking. I mean, obviously, they've got it gussed up and they've got all this. Uh, you know, some impressionist artwork. There's an old slot machine. You know, they've they've got it done up really nice. There's a lot of tile, and it's very earthen. It's it's very organic. I really enjoy this image of the bathtub with the sink, and then you know, a couple of bottles of Dos Equis, and <laughs> and uh, uh, looks like uh, grenadine and maybe some Grand Marnier and some uh, and some champagne. Just kind of sitting next to the bathtub. I mean, I'm wondering what cocktail this person's mixing up here. It's with mildly these suggestive right oh, there. mildly. This is like blaring in your face. I like to drink in the bathtub on a lazy Sunday. You is know? this where the most interesting man in the world was living before he decided to go to Mars? Maybe. Oh, quite, quite, well, no, this is when he came back from Mars. This yeah. is what all the hovels and homes look like on Mars. <laughs> so this, this, I mean, the whole inside here is done like a good stucco. And it's crazy looking, dude. It's, it's very organic. These all the windows, they don't have like an organic, you know, symmetrical shape to it. It's not, you know, the edges aren't cut out perfectly. They're, they're it's very rough and and hewn. There are unshorn. no edges. No, they're, they're literally everything is rounded corners <laughs> and swoopy, and and it's all this natural stone, and a lot of stuff looks very much like honeycombed out of the yeah. walls and things, and then there's lots of glass everywhere so that you can. You can see the natural textures kind of everywhere, and it's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, yeah, I've been driving by this house since I was a little kid, and I've always been so curious what it looked like on the inside. Is you know, I mean, it's obvious it's somebody's private home. It's not like I can just go, you know, knock on the door and be like, "Hey, can I get a tour?" Right. <laughs> I know well, you don't you know, know me, but I wouldn't be surprised if if some some people had been like, "Yo, your house is dope." Can do you mind like right. 20 bucks well, being now that it, now that it's for sale i seriously think we should have a face for radio open house tour oh of this goodness. place and just fucking go and report back that view's gorgeous right there too and i mean given its placement on uh on the 280 in hillsboro i mean that's a quick jump onto the 92 you're in uh you're uh north of uh is that half moon bay no it's not half moon bay that's uh what where's where's the 92 go out to that goes to half moon bay it goes it, to Half Moon Bay, but it also Bay. goes to uh, San Mateo. Yes, yes thank you. Going, this is just north you go of that, east, I think, yeah, right? Yeah, if you go east, you hit uh, San Mateo. Um, well, if you keep going north on 280, you go to San Mateo. If you go east, you go into Redwood City. That's right. You go east, mm-hmm. you go into Redwood City. But if you go west, then you go out to um, uh, to Half Moon Bay. I mean, that's that's just kind of cool. I didn't even realize there was a connected um, driveway off the side here, too, obviously. But it's like this. Excuse me, covered carport. Did you see the picture of the uh, the 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 nineteen seventies era sunken couch in the den with the oh, 40, yeah. with the forty seven pillows around it? I see so many like mescaline fueled cocktail parties. <laughs> okay, happening in this place. We should start a GoFundMe and and buy this house and make that the well, like see, and studios. thank you for picking my brain because I was just about to say we should definitely get a GoFundMe. Because I totally want to drop some acid with some friends over the weekend and just trip out in the hills. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. 
I'm calling out why I just bought a new house. Gonna, I'm taking a bunch of acid. We're going to crowdfund our drug habit. <laughs> oh, God. No, no, no. We're going to crowdfund the new studio, and we're going to break the studio in. Yeah, the studio. <laughs> we're going to crowdfund the air quotes studio. <laughs> the studio. <laughs> if you're in the San Jose area and would like to be on the Plex, please contact us through our website, echoplexmedia.com. If you have a story idea, constructive criticism, or just want to troll us a little, please visit the About Us tab at echoplexmedia.com. There you'll find links to Twitter, Facebook, and our YouTube page. And now, back to the show. It's last Thursday, April the 14th. A doctor by the name of Dr. Shafi Ahmed took part in a procedure at the Royal London Hospital. Now, Dr. Ahmed has been pioneering a new type of surgery that incorporates um, AR, which is augmented reality, with VR, which is virtual reality technology. Basically, what he's doing is he's he is doing his operations with basically Google Glasses and this casting system, which lets him record the entire operation in real time and stream it out so that whatever he's doing, you see, and you can get in there and be intricate, and you can be his hands, and you can see everything that's going on, you can hear everything that's going on. But there are also several recording devices in the operating theater so that you can navigate around the theater and look at all the different people and what they're doing, stencils they're using. And this is, this is a fully immersive teaching tool that he's working on here. Um, this is the second time he performed an operation, uh, this last one here on the 14th. Uh, it was uh, excising a cancerous tumor. I mean, what other tumors are there, you know, but cancerous ones. This is his second operation. The first he did using only Google Glass, and he live-streamed it. And this, he's gone definitely a step up because he's incorporating the virtual reality into it so that everybody can really be there. So I, I know this... This was really cool because I love watching, like videos. gross medical <laughs> shit on YouTube. Me too. Absolutely, I tell you, there's there's some good stuff out there on Netflix about documentaries on you know, um, I'm just weird medical issues and like yeah, I'm the guy who who will watch, uh, you know, the doctor going in and getting rid of cysts. Yes, removing yes. foils. That's my and, shit. I love like, that. <laughs> so gross, but for some reason, I will sit if I can't sleep, I'll grab my phone and be like, all right. What nasty white heads are going to come out of this dude's Oh. <laughs> I know, you know, right? Just like black heads removal <laughs> yeah. on YouTube. And that's, that, is a, that is a squirmy fucking rabbit hole oh, to go it down. It is really gnarly. So rewarding, though. I, you know, I'll do the same thing, too. Um, if you guys have ever watched bot fly removals from, from dogs and, and cats. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. some gnarly shit. I don't know why I watch that stuff. And I'm like, I'm watching, I'm like, ew, that's gross. Why am I watching this? What's next? It's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. I, I, for a while I was hooked on, uh, the, the abscess videos that you can find on YouTube yeah, where, yeah. where, you know, the, one of the ones that really intrigued me was there was a horse that they were, you know, trying to get rid of this abscess on this horse's, you know, ass effectively. Yeah. Um, and the thing just, you know, you, what, what do you do to get rid of an abscess? Well, you have to cut it open and squeeze yeah. all the shit out of it, yeah. just like a zit. Yeah. And, and, and it's just like you watch how much crap is coming out of this yeah. thing, and you're just like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's still going. It's still yeah. going. <laughs> that, zit's, that zit is the size of a silver dollar. Ex- well, yeah. Oh, no, this thing, this <laughs> thing was like the size of a, a man's hand. Yeah. It was absolutely enormous, and, and I've watched the videos of people having these things, yeah. too. Yeah. And it's like, how do these things grow out of your body? It's so fascinating. Yeah. But I, I can understand why people would be totally, like, intrigued, like, Wow, I wonder what a surgery was really like. Well, yeah. now you can and find actually out. Being a part of it, you yeah. know, being able to really see the entire surgery, and and I, what gets me is navigating the actual uh, the theater that he's that he's operating in. That is prime right there. Right. Because who really gets to see something like that? Absolutely. Well, besides it, medical students, right? Yeah, and that lends a lot of it lends a lot of perspective to what it is to be a surgeon, because yeah. surgery. As a doctor, when you're a surgeon, it's not a one-man show. 
no, no, you're no, not no. just in there by yourself. You got a whole team of people that are monitoring the patient, monitoring the equipment, and so that when something goes wrong, everybody can fucking scramble and fix it and keep that person alive, right? Doctor Howard, a- Doctor Fine, Doctor Howard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we get we have a pretty we have a pretty narrow view of that, especially yeah. as, as as lay people, especially from like shit you see on TV all the time mm-hmm. and you know medical dramas and stuff, yeah. but. Uh, it's considerably more boring than that, but it's considerably more fascinating yeah. than that at the same time too. And this is this is doing a really cool job of being yeah. able to show that other side. You know, I think that definitely lends to the the dark macabre side that I have. I like gory. Oh, yeah. You know, oh look at that! He was just he was just eviscerated, and look, there's his large intestine. <laughs> He's just falling oh, out. Eh, that's so cool. <laughs> So. Yeah, but we'll talk about Game of Thrones in a little bit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, I know for me, watching this kind of shit really started with a, a real life experience. Um, oh, Lord. Yeah, when I was about, uh, I think I must have been about maybe 18 or 19. Uh, Harrison, you remember, we had a friend named Colin uh, who was allergic. No, not Damon's brother. Um, another guy, Colin, creepy Colin. The one who was allergic to the sun. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that guy? And he had really bad, he had like really bad acne and all kinds of shit because he had a bona fide sun allergy, which is fucked up. And he's some poor street urchin kid like the rest of us just running around trying to get by. Came from a broken home, et cetera, et cetera. He spent a lot of time outside and out of the house because that's what we did. And uh, there was one day where I think over the course of a couple days where he had gotten a really bad um like cyst or or something like on his on his neck and it was like probably a, uh, like about the size of um, nearly the size of a of a silver dollar Ugh. and uh we were hanging out at that Starbucks the hub and it started to get like all kind of red and fucked up i think it was infected yeah and he asked me to help him drain it <laughs> yep yeah <laughs> So we ended up walking down to that Kinkos down on the other side of the hub over next, over behind the, uh, you know, over by yeah. El Pique. And all that yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. Went to the fucking Kinkos bathroom. <laughs> and with like a hot. Way off site from where Way off site from out. where anybody could <clears throat> see and anybody could know. We fucking hid in the Kinkos bathroom, locked the door, and I took a, um, a fucking hot paper clip. Yep. I took a paper clip with a fucking lighter and superheated it popped and fucking drained that shit for him and the sight and the smell nearly about made me pass out wow the smell because it's in because there was there was probably a like a good thimble and a half full of fucking pus that came out right right like uh nearly a like like just shy of like a shot glass wow that came out of this thing like real talk it was a lot and it was infected and it was like this luminous white green and it just it just stunk to like carrion and fucking death you know like when you like when you get it in when you when you get an infection like what does it smell like it smells like, it smells like death and it, we're in this tiny bathroom with no fucking ventilation and fluorescent lights fucking blinking and i'm staring at this thing and it's like i can't tell if i'm like i don't know is this like am i in fucking saw right now <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh it's like <laughs> it's fucking acid on my face i don't know and i like i seriously just about fainted oh, when i did it but ever since then like yeah right it's just want to go back and like relive that oh, weird. that fucking creep moment because yeah no i mean what you just described reminds me of so many sci-fi horror movies where you have the the villains with the boils on their face and, so, and some of them they jokingly have the boils like you know they're they're pulsing they're about to pop and you know if it pops and it gets on the person next to them they're gonna get infected and you're just watching this pulsing boil on their face that's that's exactly what that reminds me of getting turned on over here (laughs) oh god no No, it's like one of those things he's like a fucking he's like a gremlin like if i get him wet like little polyp gremlins will (laughs) pop off of his neck and fill the bathroom and tear me to ribbons (laughs) (laughs) oh oh that would be kind of fun though okay colin if you're if you're out there and if you're listening i'm sorry that i'm not sorry 
that your story gave me a fucking squick boner. And now I go watch like cyst videos on YouTube. It's 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 because of you and I thank you. We're moving on. <clears throat> Who doesn't love those interactive chairs in uh, in the movie theaters? I believe it's the the DX or the uh, I don't know, it's the full sound. These chairs do everything but like blow you. Yeah. You know? There's like speakers in the headrest and they're on like a they're on a bit of a gimbal system. So like they move and you know they they vibrate so like you get hit and you're like oh shit I just got hit and like oh fastest car fast car oh shit I just got new action you know yeah it was a lot funner to do that than to say that <laughs> who doesn't love that there is a company out there that is releasing something called Immersit M I I M M E R S I T it's basically a big box you can put under a chair or a sofa that you connect wirelessly to your home theater that does just that and and be totally freaked out. And if you have a home theater system of any good good worth, then dim the lights and ask your girlfriend to come on over because you're going to get her off just sitting on your couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say when I read this, I was like, hmm, is there a personal setting, you know, for some of us? <laughs> Females out there that you know, yeah, that might be kind of fun. Is there a Sibian attachment for this? That might yes. be a little bit more comfortable than riding the washing machine. That's all I'm gonna say. There are two. There are two types of movies that I think would be really awesome to watch on this thing. One would be horror movies. Yes, because of things that go bump in the night. Yes. So every once in a while, like you're watching a particularly scary moment, and then the couch goes, Doom, and you're like, ah, <laughs> scares you half to fucking death. Like yeah. that sounds super fun. And then porn. No, because no, no, really no, because ch- because check this out. No, well, it would be, but it would be hilarious because all it would be would be the couch just slowly like rocking back and forth like a quarter inch in every direction <laughs> to a rhythm, and so it would just be like, <laughs> and that would be, and that would be all it would do. And for that, I don't think I'm willing to pay five, six hundred, a thousand dollars or whatever the fuck this thing costs to get my couch to go. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I think that big creature feature movies would be great for yes. this sort of thing. You know, like they they kind of uh, in the video posit Jurassic Park being one of those right. with, the, with the T-Rex and yeah. how he makes the crowd vibrate, you know, when he steps. So I thought that would be pretty cool. But for me personally, uh, I would never use something like this because it's overkill for me. I get plenty from the films just by watching them like normal. Yeah. So for people who really want that sort of thing. Hey, this is great. You know, you can have this in your home. You don't have to go, you know, looking for it somewhere else. But this guy's like, hey, rich people, buy hey, my sh- buy my shit. Pretty much, pretty much. Hey, if rich I kid, had the extra want... scratch, fuck yeah, I'd buy this thing. This is a total disposable income device, which oh, is yeah, which is, is lovely, which is lovely. And I think things like that are are fantastic. Go ahead and make them. I'm not gonna. I can't fucking afford one, but I like. I do like the idea of watching like creature feature movies. Like the for when you said that, I was like Pacific Rim. <laughs> Yeah, would be great to hear yeah. just the, the the kaiju and the Jaegers just you feel the couch like, every footfall. Yeah, you feel every getting footfall getting knocked out. Yeah, that kind of like, stuff. The that, couch see? goes flying back. See? And Even the like, old Godzilla oh! movies, that'd be great. <laughs> the thing that's cool about it too is the fact that the 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 device apparently is able to uh, not only I mean it syncs up wirelessly, but then it sort of knows what it is that you're watching and knows how to respond to it. It's an intuitive kind of a system. You're not there's nothing pre-programmed in it. It's reading whatever movie you decide to throw at it and figuring yep. out what to do in terms of the effects. And that's a really cool thing, uh, the sort of real-time rendering effects that this is able to do. And- I could see a lot of pitfalls there. You know, there's a really impassioned kiss, and then your your couch is, like, rocking back and forth. <laughs> I love you! <laughs> yeah, right? It's like a car wreck as they're making out. Right, dude, a guy goes to sweep somebody off their feet, and the couch just backflips you. <laughs> I love you! You're like into the fucking wall. <laughs> Ass over tea kettle. Fuck it. Uh, no, honestly, if I wasn't so focused on traveling as much as I am, then, well, fuck, sure, let's go ahead and spend $500 to make the couch move. And you know what? I wouldn't let Dave know. Right. I, I would install this thing. <laughs> I'd have it wirelessly hooked up. And then I would chill one night when he came home from the bar and be like, hey, you want to watch some burn notice? <laughs> hey, let's watch this episode. The dude in the fucking pink. The, the pink suit or the, the red suit because he blows shit up in that yeah. entire episode. I was just imagining what would this sh- what would that thing do to a show like Boston Legal? Oh. 
because that's his other favorite show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's so... the wire. So, <laughs> what would the what would the immerse it do to Denny Crane? Well, you're gonna oh. have to set up a hidden camera when you do that, Harrison, because oh, the let's, world would need to see his reaction. Can we again go fund me, people? Let's <laughs> let's get this. We just need to crowdsource the dome. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Dave would never even notice. He wouldn't. No- well, he'd notice after the fucking thing. But I right. guarantee he'd be like, "What? Oh, we have an nerve. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> what the fuck?" <laughs> the Plex would like to give a shout out to Soapbox Media. Soapbox Media is Randall Aubrey's news and opinion website. Also coming soon is Soapbox Radio, which will be produced right here at the Plex. To check out Soapbox, visit getuponit.org and get up on it. You can find the Plex on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at our website, echoplexmedia.com. Okay, kids, this is your super movie guy here coming at you with something that won Best Picture at Cannes recently. It's going to be at the Telluride Film Festival here in about a month. Unfortunately, it will not be out until for wide release until June something, something middle of June. The movie's called Swiss Army Man, and it stars Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe. This movie's a little dark, it's kind of twisted, but it's charming, and it's a really fresh and new, not take, but idea in film. It centers around Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe. Paul Dano is stranded on an island out in the middle of fucking nowhere, and he's contemplating suicide. In the opening scene, you see him. He's getting ready to hang himself, and he sees right on the coast there just washing up is a body. And he, well, I don't want to spoil the trailer for you. Anyways, he goes to investigate, and it's Daniel Radcliffe. He's, he's dead. But for some reason, he decides to bring the body closer into shore. And he kind of pulls a, a Wilson from uh, Castaway. <laughs> he, uh, he befriends this cadaver. And he quickly realizes that this, this cadaver might just save his life. It's incredibly useful. Yes. For and, doing and, all manner of things. Yes. Uh, well, hence the title, Swiss Army Man. <laughs> the, the trailer exploits all of the many uses for Daniel Radcliffe's cadaver. He, uh, at one point, water springs out of the body. I'm guessing, you know, obviously he's on an island. There isn't much fresh water around. So uh, this water springs out of the cadaver's body. Dano's character's drinking it, and he needs to get up a hill. So he jams this this crutch down the throat (laughs) and ties, you know, (laughs) some line to it and gives him a good Heimlich and thing comes you know just vaulting out of his throat up onto the hill and uh you know he i guess he gets bored on his travels as he's going across this island with him trying to get off of it there's um, the part where he karate chops the log he in half. karate chops <laughs> the log in half he stuffs some stones down it down his gullet and then proceeds to heimlich him again as he plays a very intense and rapid game of uh stone throw skip the rock <laughs> Um, I, I guess he's, you know, obviously it's a decomposing body, so he's got combustible gases coming out of him and he uses him to light a fire and he uses them to, you know, a jet ski. I don't know how he's doing that, yeah. but this trailer, I saw it a couple of weeks ago and I had to throw it up on the docket again. It's Swiss Army Man with Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe and I, I had to bring it to the docket. What did you guys think of it? You want to go first? Go ahead. I think. The the thing that excited me the most about this is, A, the fact that I love both of the two principal actors. Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe are incredible talents. And there isn't anything I haven't, there isn't anything I've seen them in that I haven't absolutely adored them, if nothing else, mm-hmm. uh, in, in everything they've ever done. And for two, the fact that, like you said, this is, this is the first truly sort of a, a truly original idea that I've seen in a trailer in cinema for a while now Mm -hmm. everything is all big budget action movies tentpole cinema yeah kind of shit that's making any sort of real waves and as much as that stuff's really fun it's it it does kind of weigh tediously and there's something we talked about a i think we were talking about civil war which is the idea this this idea that as these like tentpole franchises get bigger and bigger that it makes it more and more difficult for movies like this to get a lot of attention or to get funding to go bigger 
it's not that they're not out there. It's just that, you know, with these tentpole franchise movies costing so much money and uh, having to make so many of them at a time in order to keep them alive, it squeezes out a lot of more original ideas. Mm -hmm. And so it's good to see one really bubble up and get a lot of attention yes. despite all of that because that's like a it's just that's going to go on no matter what right yeah. there's very little that can be done about it so <laughs> it's good to see something rising up against that hopefully that can help kind of reverse the polarities a little bit well again this is this is the this is the highest rated film to come out of cans this year which is huge i mean cuz if something is really big in cans then whoa it, it's going to get wide release well sundance Sundance, excuse me. Cans, Sundance. Cans hasn't started yet. Yeah, Cans, excuse me. It came out of Sundance <laughs> and it was uh, it was huge and it's on its way to uh, the Telluride Film Festival as well. Yeah, and and you, it's probably on its way to Cans. I yes, would imagine. I would assume. Um, I'm super jelly face and I kind of wish that somebody would find you know <laughs> a copy of it and put it out there on the <laughs> interwebs. But but to be fair, that wouldn't be very great for the filmmakers who it's not very funded and made this independent film. So no. Yeah, you know, the soul of film, this has been a debate amongst me and my other filmmakers for quite a while, and we find that the soul of film is in the independent movies. The big budget blockbuster films that we all love, you know, still, um, there there is something missing within that huge uh, studio system, that big business system. Um the independent films uh, really sort of uh, bring even some of those big actors back uh, into the art of it. And, and that's why people like Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe probably signed on for this. Yeah, they're down. I should think so. They're yeah. down for the cause. Can you all tell me the, the first movie? I'm a big Paul Dano fan. I mean, huge Paul Dano fan. He has been able to be so very selective. Mm -hmm. in what he does because he's talented. He's written half of what he's done. That's he's remarkable. Been, he's been producer in half of what he's done. And the first movie that I saw, well, I know what first movie I saw him in, but do you guys know the first movie that you saw him in? Yeah. Uh, it was the one with Angelina Jolie and Ethan Hawke. Um, Salt? No, no, no. no. Uh, uh, taking... Uh, tra uh, mm. She played a FBI agent, and yeah. Ethan Hawke was her love interest slash serial killer, and Paul Dano plays a young version of, of uh, Ethan Hawke in that film. He, he has a very brief uh, just beginning uh, in that film as Ethan Hawke's younger self, um, and that was the first time I ever saw Paul Dano, and then when I later saw him in uh, Little Miss Sunshine... I was like, oh, hey, that's the guy from that film, which I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But that was the first film I saw him in. The first film, I don't know if it's the first film I saw him in, but the first film I remember him and made a point to follow him from was There Will Be Blood. Oh, okay. Okay. Where he plays the corrupt preacher in the South Texas town. Uh, Southern California. Southern, oh, was it Southern California? California? Oh, that's right. Um, and uh, I, I was never quite sure. They never really like. They never really tell you. And I'm just so interested in how incredibly fucked up him and Daniel Day Lewis are to one another over the course of the movie. Oh yeah, it's it's brilliant, and he is brilliant in that movie. He gives a command performance. Like Daniel Day Lewis is a is a venerable, powerful actor. Oh yes, and Paul Dano is a guy who's like half his age. And gets up there and just is matching him. Fucking note for matches note. him. Matches him note for note. Like moment to moment. They give just equally commanding performances. And for him to be able to do that now as such a young man. Yeah. Just I I cannot wait to see where he goes. And Swiss Army Man looks awesome. I like and seeing these two get to play with one another on a in a film is really exciting. Now, uh, the first movie I saw him in, and I didn't realize until I'd watched a few other movies and I saw him again and again and again, the first movie I saw him in was with Emil Hirsch and uh, Jessica, no, Alicia Cuthbert, The Girl Next Door. Yeah. He's, the, he's, he's one of the best friends that had the long hair and the glasses. 
Yeah, apparently he you never has saw the biggest one. I don't think I've ever even heard of it. Okay, well, I once upon a time had a ridiculous, <laughs> surprise, surprise crush on uh, a hot chick. <laughs> <laughs> you? Well, That's an attractive so actor. That deserves breaking news music. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> I didn't really start realizing who he was and like, oh, what an awesome actor he was until There Will Be Blood. Daniel Radcliffe, uh, I'm so impressed, honestly. I love that he, as soon as he stepped out of doing Harry Potter, he went and did stage for 18 months Mm -hmm. doing the full Monty five nights a week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, how do you get out of this typecast? You show your cock off five nights a week. Um, (laughs) One quick side note on the the last cast member here, and I just saw this here. The, um, in the trailer, they, there's a there's a phone in a plastic baggie and there's a, a picture of a redhead. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, there's a girl stepping onto the bus and he goes, uh, Daniel Radcliffe's character goes, Oh my God, mm-hmm. the girl is Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I don't I don't know that name. Scott Pilgrim versus the world, the girl he falls in love with. Oh, so Ramona Flowers. Ramona. Yeah. I'm like you mean Ramona Flowers. Ramona. And if anybody saw, I definitely um, remember Ramona Flowers. If anybody saw Ten Cl- Cloverfield Lane recently which neither of you did because it was a good movie and you missed it. Um, she's the lead in that. Excellent. No, she she had like a nice hiatus and now she's doing a lot more work again and I'm loving seeing her on screen because she's really good. Yeah. If if there's one movie that you both should watch with her uh, that came out, I think, year and a half, two years ago. She's in it, it, she's in it with... Um, she's, in, she's in a movie with Aaron Paul called Smash. It's about an alcoholic married couple. Okay. She decides to go dry. He doesn't. Oh. Mm. Very good. Very good. Awesome supporting cast. Um, you guys should definitely take uh take a a watch. Smashed. It's uh it's probably three two years old two years old now. Yeah. But definitely definitely worth uh, a watch. All right, let's move on to the fun stuff here. Man. There's a movie that I know all of you cannot wait to see, and it's called the Lego Batman movie. It's gonna be so awesome. <laughs> Hey. I am so awesome. <laughs> Batman's you're going to love, talk you're gonna love my voice. movie. You should really check this out. So the Lego Batman movie is slated for this summer, if I'm not mistaken. Um, voiced by the same uh, actor who did Batman in the Lego movie. Mr. Will Arnett. Will Arnett. And uh, Alfred is being played by uh, Ralph Fiennes. <laughs> and as I... Yes, I know. Right? <laughs> for an older British gentleman. Right. Uh-huh. He's older now, but when I first saw him in The English Patient, he oh, no. wasn't he that was old yet. Him proper. being older does not make him any less pretty. I agree. I agree. Not even a little he, bit. He's you know hot as fuck. That accent does a lot for me. It, it, I, you, know, you, you know, you could be... Well, you could, you could be just the side of Haggard and trash <laughs> but i tell you if, you if if you dim the lights and you put on some sultry music and give me like i don't know half a fifth then we can definitely talk we can definitely talk <laughs> anyways moving on <laughs> just with that with that quiet brogue in my ear <laughs> just whisper softly to me last right honey don't pay attention to my triple chins I promise they don't bite. (laughs) (laughs) It's all the more for you to love, laddie. Oh, fuck off. Okay, so back uh, to Batman. Back to Batman. (laughs) I'm so psyched for this. Dude, I'm so excited. It looks fucking beautiful. Not only is it it incredibly, incredibly funny, of course, for anyone who didn't see the Lego movie, you you are remiss in your duties as a fucking nerd if you don't go watch this thing immediately. And if you weren't a nerd, you just missed out on a, a charming, fun film. Yeah. Yeah. And don't chalk it up to being a kid film because they it was replete oh, with God. innuendos and adult-themed <laughs> messages. No, I'll, I'll tell you, man, that, that movie... That movie was fucking fantastic. It's so incredibly well-written. And for me... That couldn't have, it could not have come out at a better time. Like, I was going through kind of a rough patch. I just lost my job that day. And I went and saw the movie that night. It was a day it came out. And that was like just the thing that I fucking needed because it's so funny and it's so heartwarming. And it just, it leaves you feeling so good at the end. There's so much, like, there's so much going on there, so much beautiful subtext. And it, all the feels. All the feels. So many feels. 
<laughs> um, and it's and it's just absolutely beautiful to behold. the The animation is perfect. the 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 sets and the backdrops and everything. As the moment it came out on 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 Blu-ray, I went, immediately went and bought a copy. And I've this is one of those movies where I have watched this movie like a couple dozen times. And half the time I watch it with the fucking sound off just so that I can see all the beautiful fucking set pieces that they created. Uh, so a, a quick um, a redaction on the uh, previous statement of it coming out this summer. It is regretfully not coming out for just over 10 months. <laughs> February 10th of 17 is when we get it. But... They're they're smart in releasing it around then because there will be a, a slew of shit-tastic films coming out. Yep. So it will gross beautifully, much like Deadpool did this last February. Yeah. It stands to clean house, especially oh, it since it's already staked its claim. It will. And I tell you, if, if the teaser wasn't enough for you, that full, proper first trailer was ridiculously funny. <laughs> it was ridiculously funny. I mean, the, these, these, these guys at Warner Brothers, they might have totally dropped the fucking ball for Batman v Superman. Right. But I tell you, their animation department, all of the uh all of the DC animated cartoons or excuse me, animated films that they're putting out, I mean, they're fucking leaving Marvel in the dust and have been for a long time. They staked their claim with animation early. Early. Uh, D- DC did by teaming up with Warner Brothers who yeah. has a venerable and well, historic reputation. Of of animation, like mm-hmm. Warner Brothers is Warner Brothers was an equal an equal titan in animation to Disney for a long time until Disney finally sort of blew them out of the water, at least in terms of scale and 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 size. But Warner Brothers has always been an animation titan in the industry, and for for DC to team up with them early on when they when they did starting with like Batman the animated series. Uh, and working with a guy like Bruce Tim, who is who has set the template for their animation for the their superhero animation ever since, has allowed them to create a huge and thriving market there that Marvel cannot even begin to touch. And um, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of everything they've done there. I I I feel like they've there's a lot of stuff they've just sort of churned out over time because I think in many respects because they can. But there's a few things they've done in that department that are really quality. Uh, like I loved their their animated rendition of The Dark Knight Returns, which is quite possibly my favorite comic book. Under the Adam. Red Hood. Yeah, Under very the Red Hood good. was fantastic. Mm. And going all the way back to the very beginning, the first feature-length Batman movie, they made Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, yeah. Was, that was at the height of Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. And that shit was goddamn brilliant. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. so dark. Mm-hmm. And so scary and so macabre in a way that the the stuff they've done since cannot even begin to touch. And I would love to see them kind of now that they've sort of dominated this industry, it's like I feel like they could take an opportunity to kind of slow down a little bit and focus on quality over quantity in that area again, especially while their movies are kind of failing yeah. right now. At least recoup yeah. some of the losses. Right. On that note In reputation, if nothing else. On that note, let's go through uh the the confirmed cast for the Lego Batman movie. Obviously, we already said that Ralph Fiennes is playing Alfred Pennyworth. We know that Will Arnett is going to reprise his role as Batman. Rosario Dawson is coming in as the Batgirl, or Barbara Gordon. Um, Michael Sarah is coming in as Robin, Dick Grayson. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Those two... Are Whitey, so great, bitchy. Well, and not only that, but Will Arnett and Michael Sarah are so great together. They have a lot of fucking history going back oh, to arrest, Arrested Development. Oh, too right. Yes, they do. That's I. I'm. I'm no, not there's a then. lot of chemistry there already. So sure, that's they gonna... play brothers in that, don't they? Yes, yeah. they do. So oh, then that and they're totally gonna play up. Sense. They're gonna they're gonna play that up for There'll sure. There'll be some inside Arrested jokes for sure. I can see a few. Yeah. Um. Apparently, Mariah Carey is doing Mayor Marion Grange. Um, and then I'm, I'm, I, I'm kind of excited for this. Zach Galifianakis is playing the Joker. <laughs> okay. That's, Maybe. That's, that's going to be interesting. That might be fun. I mean, I could see like a really goofy campy over the top mm-hmm. Joker, yeah. which would work very well. In oh this. yeah. yeah. Well, and that's a character that's super duper important. Yes. Just as important as Batman. And like Will Arnett, when you go, when you watch the Lego movie, like Will Arnett 
fucking nails Batman. Oh, yeah. He's the, <laughs> one of the best representations of that character on yeah. screen that I have ever fucking seen. And yeah. it's the first one that's been genuinely satirical yeah. mm-hmm. and making yeah. fun of everything that we love about this character without demeaning it in the slightest bit. He fucking pulls it off perfectly. And you have to be able to do the same thing with mm-hmm. his ultimate arch nemesis. And so... Yeah. Uh, uh, we the thing with doing this as animation is that the the dude doesn't have to look like anything like the character yeah. in order to be able to provide the yeah, voice right. and the heart and the soul. And I feel like Zach Galifianakis might be deviant enough. Yeah, I think he can pull it off to pull off something pretty refreshing. For anybody listening to the show, don't forget to call in one four zero eight four five seven one seven five seven. Yes. That is a phone number where you can call us and talk about whatever you want. You want to talk politics? Talk politics. You want to talk religion? Talk religion. If you want to talk to us just to hear your own voice, call us. In fact, if you want to talk to us and make fun of us, even better. Again, that number is 1-408-457-1757. Call us anytime, 9 to midnight Pacific Standard Time. We want to hear you, and better yet, you want to hear us. Thank you, everybody, once again, for joining the show. Face for Radio is going to drop a lot of bonus content from here on out. We are only doing a bi-monthly show. As such, we definitely want to keep our listeners enthralled and enjoying what we're producing. We are going to be putting out one, if not more, bonus content items per week. So, stay tuned for... For lots more ridiculousness. So thank you once again, one and all. Randall. I love you. Our returning champion and reigning contender in the ladies' <laughs> chair. Yes. The Luna Viking. The Viking. Yes. And uh, thank you once again for uh, letting me come and, and play with you guys and, and uh, talk nerd shit for a while. You know what, Luna? Echoplex loves you. Oh, yay. <laughs> I have warm fuzzies. Thank you once again for joining Face for Radio. And remember, go fuck yourself. So many nice people in this world are necessary for kindness and ethical blindness. So please excuse my sarcastic tone. I'm a bit underwhelmed by the sample show. Fraternity guy, you got my ass with bloodshot eyes. Get drunk and fight every night. Idolize Bradley, belittle women's rights. Homophobic racist and don't give a fucking hey. Do you think you can drive a bigger truck? So wear your baseball cap to the side to let everyone know that you're a nice guy. So